Hey, Wizards fans, what's good? Chris Miller of NBC Sports Washington. Welcome to the latest episode of the Off the Bench Podcast, presented by the Alibaba Group. Today, we chat with Bradley Beal about another off-the-court endeavor as he continues to leave his legacy and his mark here in the district. This latest endeavor, a refurbishment project of a basketball court across the street from Howard University. Over at Banneker Park now, kids can go over and play on a new resurfaced blacktop with new rims, all with Bradley Beal in partnership with Hoop for Hall. I asked Brad several questions about why it was important for him to do this project, and more importantly, about the legacy part as he's now entering his 11th season in the NBA. All right, here now, my conversation with Bradley Beal on this latest episode of the Off the Bench Podcast. Brad, we are across the street from Howard University, and we're about to walk into this court. Tell me about this project that you've partnered with. So who for all? It's a nonprofit, actually a few alum, alum of Howard. Uh, they actually reached out to me about doing this project. They do like court refurbishments around the city. They've done a few and they actually plan to do a few more. So for me, it was more or less kind of a no-brainer of figuring out something to do for DC, right? Mm-hmm. How can I leave some type of little imprint here? And hoops, right? Uh, and definitely with the climate of what the game is today, like guys are getting back outside, boys and girls, everybody's getting back outside, street balls become more of a thing. And then the location of it was just like, dang, I didn't know it was like this close to right. the university. And then it's attached to a rec center and another middle school back here. And it's like, this is an awesome location. So uh, it just all kind of just mm-hmm. came into fruition. It just kind of just happened, man. I, I credit Hoop for all for everything because they're the backbone of the project. I'm kind of just, putting my little two cents in and, and trying to help any way I can. This is what happens when you've been in a community for a long time. You get community outreach. You get people kind of reaching out to you and your people about how you can help continue the game of basketball. You talked about coming back here on the blacktop where it really kind of probably all started for you in St. Louis. Exactly, exactly. So it's so crazy how it all just came about, right? And, what they do, who for all do, um, like they're dedicated to the youth. Like they do put on different clinics in which like you guys will see like the different colors of the court specify something different mm-hmm. uh, that they that they bring awareness to. So uh, just in, just just that impact and just kind of just like you just said, it just brings me back to where I started. Like I started playing on the blacktop, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, this is kind of like, okay, why not? Like, this is an awesome project, and this is something that you can take and just take elsewhere. Like, we can continue to do this other places in D.C. They need it, other cities and states, my teammates, and different organizations that catch on to it, and we can really turn this into something big for our youth to just have something that they can get outside and, and enjoy. So uh, let's go back to the blacktops of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. What do you remember most about coming on a court like this outside and somebody handing you a ball and Knowing where you came from and, and who taught you the game, you was probably playing against grown folks. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Those would be my first. Thing. I was gonna say I always played with older people, so uh-huh. I always played with my older brothers, who were playing against grown men. So we were out there hooping with 20, 30 year olds, 40 year olds, and, and up. And so it that's definitely that's funny. That's that's definitely some history for you. But I mean, it's just it just brings you back, man. There's nothing like being on this blacktop, right? Mm-hmm. And, Granted, I didn't play on one as nice as this one, but just just the feel of it, man. It's just there's nothing like it. Just the competitive nature that comes out of it, 
the community outreach that you get within it, the camaraderie you build within your community. Um, you know, it's all, that's what you want, right? And that's what we're trying to bring back here, right? This is a beautiful, beautiful area. Like the tennis courts are beautiful, the pool's awesome. Like everything surrounding the courts were beautiful, but the courts were just trash. So uh, I definitely, I, the city did an amazing job with what they've done. Our artists, he's super awesome. Ayo and the whole team, who for yeah. all, they've, they're, they're unbelievable. So they did their thing, they did their thing. Leaving a legacy, can you talk about what that means? Like, you know, 10 years from now when you come back to D.C. and we're hanging your banner up and rafters and all that stuff, and you're probably going to drive by here and you're going to be telling your kids, hey, this refurbishment was a part of my legacy, not just what I'm doing at Capital One Arena, but mm -hmm. I'm touching kids at your school. Right. I'm also doing stuff here in the community. How important is Legacy Park for you going into year 11? It's huge, man, because like you said, I've been here a long time right I've, I've this city has embraced me from day one and i feel like i embrace the city right back you know this is like my second home i always say that um and this is this is this is an easy decision for me to do you know how how can i leave a legacy imprint like for me it's impact how can i impact people right how can i impact my teammates like how can i impact fans like right. did i leave a lasting impact on you was it a good interaction or was it a bad one sometimes we I have bad days but for the most part, it's it's getting getting people to kind of see me, like get a feel of me. Like I'm I'm all about the community. I'm all I'm unselfish. Like I want to highlight who for all what they do, and I want to get back to just love in the community. And so this is this is fun for me. This is I'm blessed to do it. I'm, yeah, I'm you are a community assist award winner for obviously your work that you have done in the past, but I'm sure that award is significant to you mm -hmm. right you, you've, you've got a lot of, of awards and a lot of accomplishments but community activism how important is that we talked about the summer of 2020 where you decided you were going to be you're going to step out in the forefront and be a leader in, in that space mm -hmm. but how much is community activism and, and being somebody that people can look at as a leader how important is that to you oh it's huge because everybody comes from somewhere right mm -hmm. we all have a starting point we all have in one way or another, especially in our community, we all come from some similar background, right? right? And uh, this is the same with DC. Like I see it, I, I see it all the time. Like our practice facility is right, right there, right, right in Ward Eight. So uh, I embrace that, you know. And it's it's something that I just try to get everybody to see. Like it's it's bigger than just me, and it's bigger than just basketball. Like I want to have an impact on people here because. I came up in the same upbringing as a lot of people, mm -hmm. right? And I'm trying to share with the youth, share to other people that your vision is possible. Just chase it. Just chase it. You know, sometimes, yeah, we do have to fight twice as hard, three times as hard. Um, but we do get opportunities. You know, it's, it's up to us to understand when they are and crack those codes and, and fight after those dreams like hell. But uh, for me, it's just trying to be visible, be present, and say, like, you can do it and push, yep. push people to, to push for their dreams. All right. So... Today, before we did the interview, I'm talking to kids that want to be Bradley Beal one day, that are chasing their NBA dream of getting ready for the NBA draft. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I was asking them about this that we're doing with your project was, there had to be a time in your life as a kid where you were on a blacktop. The lights were going out, mom's yelling at you, get your butt home. Mm -hmm. But three, two, one, right? Everyone practices the let's go home shot, right? What do you remember most about your let's go home shots in St. Louis on a on a court like this? Uh, they were always at the like top of the key. It was never okay. like in the corner. 
And it was usually always a three. It was never like. Oh wait, so you, uh, it would never be like a mid-range three, it's two, usually one, a three, right? or like a crazy layup or something. Like okay. it was never. You might hear like a Jordan Kobe spin in the mid-range or something. But it was. It was usually always like a three. Yeah. Does this harken back to that? Do you can you visualize? Remember when you were a kid in St. Louis on the blacktop? Do you remember like a specific day where you were like, "Hey, man, I dunked for the first time on a blacktop court." Really? So yeah. So that was. How old were you? Thirteen, fourteen. Okay. Yeah, I just turned fourteen. Actually, I just turned fourteen. My first dunk was on a blacktop court. Yep. So these Facts. kids that are going through this right now are visualizing that we're getting close to draft day. Your draft was really important. Not only did you get drafted third overall, but it was on your birthday. Mm -hmm. And your family was there. What are the emotions that these guys are going through right now that you can remember and maybe bestow some advice to of how to handle the week leading up to it? Embrace everything, because it's going to be a whirlwind. It's going to be, your emotions are going to be all over the place. You're going to have no idea where you're going to go. Some of you might, but you know. (laughs) Uh, but for the most part, man, just enjoy the whole process. Like, and understand that your rookie year is that in itself a process. Like, mm-hmm. it is going to be a whole whirlwind of new things thrown at you, uh, business thrown at you, the little nuances of the game are thrown at you, um, vet moves that you have to learn and pick up, uh, rookie duties that you got to be on tip top shape for. So it's it's a lot that you got to endure. But just embrace it, man. It's fun. This is your dream. This is what you worked so hard to achieve. You didn't. How many workouts did you have before the draft? I was blessed, man. I only had three workouts. You did three workouts, right? I did three right? workouts. So a lot of these guys are doing six and right. seven. And right. Do you remember the week going to New York? Do you remember picking out your suit? Do you remember all of that stuff? Because those are the things where, like, these kids are now going, okay, I got to make sure my suit is on point. But I keep reminding them. People are going to remember your suit yeah, you for the rest of your life, suit, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got to be smart. Gotta be, that is crucial. You're always going to remember those suits. Uh, but that whole week leading up to it was jittery. Like, you, you're anxious about getting to New York. You're anxious about seeing the guys, your peers, um, and obviously showing off your fit and, and just everything that comes with it, your interviews and uh and just feeling loved by the fans and feeling embraced. Like, you're about to really walk across the stage and shake the hands with the commissioner. Right. Like this is what you dream of. And it's like you're just counting down the days, counting down the days. But it's just fun, man. Just embrace it all. And love with your family. Yeah. Enjoy with the people that are there with you. But know that once your name is called, their work begins. Yeah. Their work begins. Right That's away. funny because Ty Ty Washington said, I told him, I was like, you know, there's a journey from childhood dreaming. And then there's shake the commissioner saying like you said the very next week you're going to summer league and now people coming for your neck Mm -hmm. and the party hasn't even started Mm -hmm. yet because now you got opening night yeah and then you look at the calendar you go oh god i gotta go a lot of guns got a lot of guns coming up (laughs) (laughs) it's a whirlwind it gets just comes at you fast man the nba comes at you fast you know you go from 30 games to 82 Mm -hmm. you know uh granted we shorten our exhibition and and we're trying to throw some mid-season stuff in there. We're trying to throw yeah. a lot of stuff into, yeah. into our game, too. So it's it's a lot to adjust to. But, you know, rely on your vets, rely on your coaches. You know, I feel like every team has the correct support system that we need uh, for young guys to succeed. And then our G League, too. You know, we have everything that we need to, to help our young guys. So don't feel like it's the end of the world, but just know you hold, you hold the horns of your career, you know. 
All right, we're gonna stay on the kind of like the blacktop theme, but we're gonna go to something that you kind of have a passion project for, and mm -hmm. that's uh, your AAU program. Okay. Uh, you are now being called <laughs> Coach Brad. Oh, that's the which thing. is which is like, yeah, he's Coach Brad because this is this type of year, time of year where you really lock in on your kids. But this most recent viral post of you really challenging your kids is something that like. I don't think people like realize you you were like this. Yeah. This is you. And Cal Kuzma told me, he's like, oh, that's that's Brad in the locker room. He's like, when it's time to get spicy, like that's Brad. Like you guys are just figuring out after all these years who he is. But it does come from a place of caring. Can you can you just speak to why that was really important for you to get that message out? Uh for me is I think I said it before. It's what I say versus kind of how I say it. Right. And my mom always taught me that. Like my mom, so my potty mouth comes from my mom, just <laughs> FYI. But like when I grew up, when she was teaching me how to hoop and teaching me how to respect the game and how to demand respect within the game too, like it was fierce. It was don't listen to how I'm telling you, don't listen to me cussing you out, but listen to what's in my message, right? There's always a, a substance in the message. And so that always stuck with me. Right, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna take that. She's like, she's like, everybody's gonna yell at you. Your coach is gonna yell at you. Like, that is that is his job to do, her job to do, right? To yell at you. And so, I always kept that. And so for me, it's like, like I said earlier, like we don't have a lot of opportunities, right? And playing on the EYBO circuit is probably one of the best opportunities you can have as a high school kid, right? You you have. You're sponsored, your team is sponsored by Nike or Jordan, right? And you have access to anything. You don't have to pay for anything. You don't pay for trips, you don't pay for hotels, you don't pay for food half the time, right? So you're, you're basically taken care of as a high school kid, and yet you want to go out in the game and just walk, walk through the motions. But you only get three or four a weekend. And so for me, it's just pushing these kids to understand, like, don't waste your days, don't waste your games. Uh, you have Coach K, you got, you got Bill Self, you got, Cow, you got everybody just sitting right here, wait, watching you. And they're watching you pout about something. They're watching you not hustle back on defense. They're watching you not rebound. They're watching you not pass. They're watching you do everything but what they want to see you do. And so I just try to bring them down to earth sometimes because I think our social platforms that we have now kind of give our kids this misperception that you know they have to be flashy or they have to shoot a lot of threes or they have to do this, that, and the third and it's, they lose sight of the importance of basketball and it's, can you impact in winning. And so I just try to push that message as much as I can. And sometimes it comes out ugly, but my team always knows it's always from a place of love. Like I wouldn't say it, I wouldn't be here if I didn't care, I wouldn't right. say it or waste my time speaking if I didn't, didn't care or love you guys. I don't know why it's such a big deal. I told you years ago, I saw you in Vegas go off, and I'm like, oh, that was light what Coach Beal did. See, I've toned down a lot. I've, had, yeah. I've toned down a lot. And you kind of have to because I meet, I understand there's more, I can teach more. Yep. Right? Kids can, kids these days are more receptive to that, right? They, they want to learn. So I love that about this generation. Like, we have a lot that, you know, kind of think they know everything. You got to kind of humble them, but for the most part, they're receptive to information, they're receptive to knowledge, and so I, I love that part about them. And that's why I can, I can bark at them. Like, and they know, I know that they'll take it, I know that they'll give me the results that I want. All right, I gotta get to a health update on you. You look good, no cast is off, all of that. So, 
What's the latest for you in terms of getting back out on the court? Oh, so it was a crazy what, 10, 10, 12 week process having the cast on. Uh, last, I would say month, I've been rehabbing and I'm pretty much back full range of motion. That was what my whole first month of rehab was, range of motion. Now I can work on some strengthening, getting uh, my grip strength back and start incorporating some weights into it. But on court stuff, I'm full go, so I can get back on the court and pretty much live besides You live. said about, about 10 weeks. When something is taken away from you like that, where are you right now in your headspace as opposed to that 19-year-old Brad that might have had to go through an injury? Uh, it was rough initially because, like, I, pr- I pride myself on being available and not being hurt. Like I, that, and it's kind of, like, out of my control. That was what, yeah. was, what was frustrating. But, uh, and it was a damn defensive play. Yeah. He took a charge for the team. Yeah, took a charge. <laughs> Sacrificed the body for the squad. <laughs> right? Oh, but... Yeah, honestly, like it, it now being 28, like it's, I was way more prepared for it. Like, mm-hmm. knew what I had to do, didn't let it bother me, consume me. How can I still help the team, help the young guys out? And what is my, you know, what is my plan? And it was simple. Like, I, I couldn't do anything for 10 weeks, so right. that made it very simple for me. Uh, wasn't able to do much stuff working out wise, so it was like, now I can just work my brain, you know, uh, kind of. Reflect on the year, reflect on what I need to get better at, how I can improve, how the team can be better, and uh, and just kind of go from there. But it, it definitely put me into a different mindset of where I would be as a youngster, for sure. But Sitting there and watching, you know, the last part of that season and watching these young kids get on the job training, mm-hmm. what did you learn about the group? They're hungry. And that's what you need. Like, especially you see the NBA today with the young teams, the Memphis, the Denver's, the younger, like those teams are hungry. They are hungry and they develop their young guys and we got them, you know, we got Rui, we got Denny, developing Gaff, like we got pieces that we can develop and they're there, so Corey, like, so it's just, it's amazing to see that they kept their fight at the end of the year, uh, despite being tired, despite maybe being banged up a little bit. Uh, Develop their mental toughness because we need that going forward. Like playoff basketball is a different level of basketball, yeah. totally different level of basketball. Granted, some of our guys got that a few years ago, but we got to make that a we got to make that a guarantee of you for sure. Yeah. Most recently, you just got back from Boston, mm-hmm. uh, watching the finals, game four. You and I both have the same opinion about that arena. <laughs> oh, we'll just keep that to ourselves. Ourselves, but how was that arena different in a regular season game, or even like the first round or second round of the playoffs compared to the finals? It's nothing like it. I don't lie. I'm not. I'm, I can't. There's nothing like the atmosphere. Fans are electric from warmups, mm-hmm. uh, and then the intensity of the game is just that much higher. Like it's higher than the playoffs. It's like it's a, it's a whole new level, and guys are tired. Like you say about the gas, Steph gas, Jason gas, but they're going, they're going, they're going. They want it bad, and it's crazy. You can see every possession matters. Like I think Boston had outside their locker room saying every possession matters. Okay. It's like that is that is none of the facts. Was that important for you to be in an environment like that to see what that looked like, yeah. and does that burn that competitive spirit in you 
Does it take it to another level being in an environment like that? Both, for sure. Because, like, I was itching sitting on the court. Like, I was like, I got, I need a jersey. I need, <laughs> I need some my shoes. Some, come on, like, right. let's let's go. But that's, I needed that. Like, I needed to be in that realm, in the atmosphere of like, okay, what is it like? What is this? Like, I can play on this level. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm like, I can do this. Like, I can play here. And so. It definitely burns, for sure. Like, I want to work out now. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. ready. I'm so ready to go. I'm so ready to go. My last question to you, and I know you don't know this because you're not kind of like looking down the future stat guy. You are less than 2,300 points away from becoming the all-time leading scorer in Wizards history. Less than 2,300 from catching the Big E. What does that number mean to you? Uh... Honestly, I haven't thought about it that much. So you really just ask. It's kind of close, huh? <laughs> you could actually do it this year. Uh, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> uh, but uh, you're there. You're on the doorstep of being this franchise's all-time leading scorer. That would be cool. That would be real cool. That would be real cool. That would be... That would be crazy. I would have never dreamt that. Or imagine that ever. You only have to average 27 for 82 games. No pressure. I did the math. <laughs> Brad, thank you okay. so much, man, for allowing us to come out here. That. And, you know, once again, this is important to you because mm-hmm. it's a part of our community and giving kids a safe place to come and play the game of basketball that we all know and love. This is D.C., man. This is, this is home. This is you guys embrace me. This is me showing the love back. And, you know, I love the kids. Let's get out and hoop. Let's get some clinics going. Let's get some leagues going. Like, let's, let's make this, let's enjoy this the way it's supposed to be enjoyed. That's, that's my mission. Respect. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you.